episode of the Attracted and Retaining Customers podcast, I'm going to share with you some tips and thoughts and ideas as to how to win more sales pitches. Welcome back to the Attracted and Retaining Customers podcast. This is the podcast that offers tips and ideas for sales, marketing, presenting and pitching. I'm your host Trevor Lee and thank you so much for joining me. Now on today's show I'm going to be focusing on how to win more sales pitches. Before I begin though a reminder that you can of course find this show on iTunes and download all previous episodes. That would be fantastic if you wanted to do that. All you need to go is open up your iTunes or your podcast browser or app whatever it is and simply type in attracting and retaining customers and you should find it. So, sales pitches. Most businesses get a chance to do some sort of sales pitch. And I was working with a couple recently where they were doing their sales pitch in a presentation style, if you like. So I thought it would be quite useful to share some thoughts and ideas as to how you could win more sales pitches if you find yourself in that situation. As with lots of presentations, two of the main things that you're going to need to do are preparation and practice. So we're going to look at preparation, we're going to look at practice, but we're also going to look at how to structure the pitch that you have. Make sure that that works really well. We're going to look at if you use any slides, how that's going to work, and also talk about how you can do your delivery. So start up, let's have a look at preparation. I always think it's a good idea to plan your sales pitch to last about 80% of the time that you've been allocated. And this excludes any time, of course, that's been predetermined for questions. There are two, two ways of doing a sales pitch, realistically. The one is that you take questions as you go, which is fine. But you might, say, might find yourself pitching where you've been given a very strict time scale. So you've got 15 minutes for your pitch and then there'll be 10 minutes for questions. So in that case, it's really best to not take questions during your presentation pitch. Otherwise, your your time could really disappear. So you've got to be ruthless when you're putting together your pitch. Because remember, you're pitching to people who want to buy from you and maybe take on your product or your service. They've clearly done their research. They clearly know quite a bit about you. Otherwise, why have they invited you to the presentation? So make sure that you only include things in your pitch that will help you win the business. It's very easy to begin your pitch by throwing everything at them about yourself and your company and all that stuff. But frankly, they should know that because they will have done their homework. Otherwise, why are you there in the first place? So think, really think about what it's like to be in their shoes. What do they want to hear from you? What do they want? They want it because they're looking to hire either you or somebody else from this pitch. So they need to find reasons for doing that. And you've got to give them those reasons. So think about that when you're putting your preparation together. Also think about what's going to happen if there's going to be more than one of you doing the pitch. And this is the situation where I worked with a company towards the end of last year where it turns out that several of them would go on a pitch and they would be all varying levels within the business. 
And what happens when you have people at different levels of the business is that the higher up the chain of command, if you like, or the higher up the organisation, the less inclined people are to do preparation and practice for pitches because they think they could just rock up. And also, they're a bit of a nightmare, frankly, to work with sometimes when you're doing a, when there's more of one of you pitching because you never know when they're going to come in and what they're going to say and when they're going to try and take over and ignore the plan that you've agreed with them. So it can managing upwards is a very difficult skill, and it gets even worse when you're potentially trying to do a pitch in this situation. So ideally, I would always suggest that you work out who's going to do what. So for example, if there are, let's say, there are three of you pitching, then maybe one of you takes on the role of the kind of chair of the pitch, so sort of does the introduction, will handle the questions at the end. Then one of you or, or the other two may do half of the main pitch themselves, talking about the areas that they they know most about. And then the chairperson can come back in, do the summary, as I say, do the Q&A. You could have one person in your team who's really only there to take notes because it's really important that they observe and they spot things that are going on in the audience because the audience will give signs through their body language even without saying anything or asking any questions as to whether they're really interested in what you're offering and how the pitch is going. So you need to look out for that. And I always think, you know, use your best presenters to deliver the pitch And sometimes that means having to tell the senior person in the organisation they're not the best person to deliver this pitch. Because at the end of the day, you're all in this together and you want to win the business. Use it to your best advantage. You know, you have a manager of a football team. He's the best manager, but he's probably not the best person to take the penalty kick that's going to decide whether you win or lose the match. You give that to the person who's your best penalty taker. So who's your best presenter? And sometimes that might be quite surprising who that is. But that person could make a difference to your business. So, you know, make that conscious decision. Think about it. Have a chat amongst yourselves and do that. So that's preparation. So next up, we're going to have a look at maybe the structure of the pitch and how that's going to go. You may have a limited amount of time. You may be given 15 minutes to do your pitch. So hopefully you've got the introductions out of the way fairly fairly quickly. Everybody knows who you are because you're on their list. You know who they are. Well, hopefully you know who they are. And so it's your chance to you know get cracking on this. So I always think it's a good idea to set, set the pace and set, set out what you're going to do. So I might say, well, ladies and gentlemen, over the next 15 minutes, we're going to share with you three ideas which we think will help your business achieve those objectives you sent us when we are invited to pitch. That sort of thing. So that kind of sets the tone, doesn't it? You're only going to get three ideas, not 33 ideas. Don't go to a pitch with 33 ideas because it will get very confusing. The audience will forget all 33. If you go with one or two or maximum of three, then there's a real chance that they'll think, yeah, that would work for us. Yes, that would work for us. And that's, of course, where you're going to have to be ruthless when you do your pit, you know, when you do your preparation, as we've mentioned earlier. Because if you think you need 33 ideas and you've got to get them all in there, then you're going to have to say, right, no, what are the top three? Let's really narrow it down. But be ready to make sure that it's the top three for your audience and not the three that you like the best yourself. So think about then how you're going to deliver the pitch or the the brief, whatever it is, because you have to effectively sell your ideas to the people on the other side of the table and you want them to buy into what you're saying. So it's really important that you get your structure right. So you've got your opening... 
And during that, you would probably introduce how, you know, not only over the next 15 minutes, but who's going to do what. So in a minute, my colleague uh, Joe is going to talk you through idea number one. And then Helen will pick up number two and number three. And then I will uh, come back for a summary. And then, of course, we've got time. We've got 10 minutes at the end for any of your questions. So I'm going to hand over to Joe now, who's going to uh, share with you our first idea. On comes Joe. He does his first idea. So let's get straight into the idea. Let's not waste time talking about how great you are and how many awards you've won and what a new flashy new website you've got and what a wonderful coffee machine you've got back in the office. As a someone who's sitting on the pitch, I don't need to know that because there's a good chance I know that already. I want to hear what you're going to do for my business and what difference it's going to make if I hire your company. So that's what you need to focus on. And most people don't do that. They spend too much time faffing around, talking about things that aren't relevant really at the time. A bit of history about the company. If I've done my homework, I know the history. I don't need to do that. I don't need to know that. And if I haven't done my homework, then that's my fault. Don't help the audience out. So let's get on and let's look at this pitch structure. Let's get it all in there that we want to do. And let's make sure how we're going to do it. So are you going to use slides? Well, I think you've got to be really sure about how slides are going to work in a pitch structure. Because if you rock up with a presentation that's very slide driven, then you need to know you know, that there's a chance that the equipment that you're going to face to deliver the presentation, unless you've taken entirely your own full kit, might not be adequate. So let's suppose, you know, suddenly there are seven people in this room and all you've got to present on is your laptop. I mean, that's just not going to work. So you need, as part of your preparation, if you're going to use slides, find out what equipment's going to be available to you. Check it, how it's going to work. Let them know what you're planning to bring. Will that work, etc., etc., etc. If it's only two people on the other side of the, uh, of the of the table, or even one person, then do you really want to be standing up in front of a big screen and using lots of slides? Probably not. So think about how you're going to do that. And if you do use slides, then you know, as we said in one of the other podcasts, you need to be really, you know, really ruthless with your editing. Don't put words on slides that you're going to read out. Don't put things on slides that are irrelevant. Don't have slides that just are too many. So, you know, keep it brief. Keep it brief. Start with one word on a slide and work up if you have to. Start with one slide and add to it if you really have to. I always think, you know, if, you've got, if you're talking about products in particular, then take them with you. You know, people can touch them and feel them, especially imagine if you're presenting a food idea. Well, take the food with you. You know, it works really, really well. Think about how you're going to do that. That's all about the slides and how you're going to deliver the pitch effect or structure the pitch rather. Now, let's have a little think about delivery. So if you are going to use, if you are going to deliver slides to your audience, then make sure that, you know, as you will have heard in one or two of the other earlier podcasts, that your delivery is slick and you rehearse it and it's well practiced. And I always think there's, there, are two, there are two really important things when you're presenting slides. One is that there are no surprises uh, either for you or the audience on, the, on what's coming up on the next slide. So I always think link the slide. So, for example, you would say, so ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's idea number one. Now, idea number two is, is quite different. And you're going to see on the next slide that we're, what we're looking at here are things that maybe you hadn't considered in terms of the context of where this is all going to fit together or something like that, whatever you're presenting. So you're introducing the slide. 
We did a piece of research, and you and what was surprising was how many people actually preferred this product to to, the, to another one on the market. On the next slide, you're going to you, you. I think you'll be impressed with the way that works. Then you bring up the slide that says 80% of people love your product against the rest of the market. Don't take loads of notes with you. If you're doing your pitch, you know, don't take loads of notes. Just take some little prompt cards. I use postcards. And make sure that you've just got a couple of prompt words on there. You should have practiced the pitch often enough to know what's coming up next. But don't practice it so much that it sounds as robotic. You've got to have some natural flow in there. And if you're working with colleagues, then do a nice handover. Don't just suddenly stop and let them think, oh, God, it's my turn now. I better do something. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, for I to, to introduce you to idea number two, I'm going to hand over to my colleague, uh, colleague Helen, and she's going to talk you through number two and number three, and then she's going to hand back to, uh, to Joe, who's going to, who's going to round it all up. So keep the audience informed as to what you're doing so they don't think, well, what's going on now? And, of course, no matter how many people are in your audience, you need to make sure you've got some eye contact with them. You're not staring them out in a stalkish kind of way, but you are keeping on top of what's going on and how you're, how you, how you're getting your point over. And one particular top tip that I always recommend, and in, regardless of your audience size, clearly if there's only one person in your audience, then this doesn't work. But if you've got a particular point that you think one of the team needs to really latch onto, then focus in on them. And don't fall into the trap of thinking the person with the, highest jo- uh, the biggest job title is, li- is the person you need to focus in on the key points. It might be that you're doing, let's say you're doing something in the IT sector and they've got their IT guy there. At the crucial moment, when you're talking about the real benefit to IT, you need to be talking to that person more so than anybody else in the audience. Because if they like the idea, they're going to influence the, the, uh, the purchasing process. And in a lot of companies, the chap with the biggest job title often won't make the decision. Not directly. He will often turn to the team afterwards and say, so, do we go with these people? What do you think? Get their opinions, then make a decision. So you need to, you know, never, never think, oh, well, you know, that's, that's only a, you know, relatively junior member of the team there, so I don't need to worry about what they think. Their opinion could be really, really vital. And also, think about your body language when you're not speaking, if you're part of a speaking team. So the team, <laughs> it's very easy. You see this all the time when people are doing, like, uh, presentations where there's two or three of them. They do their bit, and they're all enthusiastic, and then... They step back and they let their colleague carry on and they look totally disinterested. They don't know what to do with their hands. They don't know where to look. They don't. And so you've got to maintain an interest. Now, usually in a sales pitch, you might be sitting around the table a bit more. But make sure that you're still fully alert when you're not speaking, that you haven't switched off just because you've done your bit. Because if I'm on the buying side of the table, I'm going to be looking at the interaction between all of you. Because clearly, probably all of you on that pitch are going to make a difference to, the, to what your, you know, your, the offer that you're going to put forward to me. So make sure that that happens. And finally, if there is a Q&A, then always have a couple of questions up your sleeve uh, that you can ask yourselves. So ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, now's the time for any questions. So, uh, and, and sometimes people are reluctant to ask the first question. Um, so have a couple of questions up your sleeve and, and then if there's, if there's a bit of a pause and no one's coming forward, you can say, well, while you're thinking of uh, any questions, one question that we normally get asked when we present this, this particular product or service is, you might, you know, you, I, mean, I always have a couple of questions, I think. And also be conscious that there might be somebody in that audience who wants to ask all the questions. So be careful how you manage them uh, because they may be a bit of a pain in the backside to their colleagues, frankly. 
So uh, you need to uh, be careful how you manage questions. And, and during the Q&A, if, you know, early on in the Q&A, if you've only got 10 minutes, if someone asks a question which is clearly nothing really to do with what's going on, don't get distracted by it and start going on a long-winded answer about something that's irrelevant to the pitch. And you know, never be afraid to say, I don't know. Because if you waffle around an answer and then someone on the other side of the table is smart enough and knows that you're doing that and they think, hang on, no, I think you're wrong there. And suddenly, you know, credibility is going out the window, all that stuff. So unless you're sure about the answer, you can always say, look, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I will find out and I will get back to you within, you know, 24 hours or, or whatever's a reasonable time to get back. And finally, you know, throughout the whole of your pitch, be confident and talk as though you're going to win the business. A lot of people go into pitches thinking, oh, God, we're gonna, if we're really lucky, we might win this. <laughs> and that comes across. So, you, you know, talk, be, don't be cocky, but be confident in your delivery and your mannerisms and almost as though you're expecting to win the business because that will en- help you engage with your audience most times a lot better. If you're, you know, nervous about all this and they get the impression that they're thinking, well, these guys are a bit out of their depth here and they're, I think they're going to think they're damn lucky if they get this. Then sometimes, it, I'm afraid, that luck doesn't happen and you don't win the pitch. So work on the basis that you're putting over the fact that you are going to win the pitch if you can. So let's have a quick roundup of that. So if you've got a sales pitch, think about how you know what do the audience want to hear from you? How much time have you got? Who's going on the pitch? Be sure about you understand who's going to do what. Be very careful if you take the big boss with you because they are likely to be disruptive inadvertently. They just like to get carried away. And what a lot of people do, especially people who have you know, founded businesses, when they go to a pitch, they just want to talk about the business all the time and what a great success it is and how many ideas they've got and awards they've won. And they often the audience don't really need to know that because they know already. So you know, you've got to manage that person. Be bold and pick your best picture to lead the presentation, no matter who that person is. And very often, the person at the top of the company is not that person. So, you know, you've got to win the pitch. It's the business. Everybody's in it together. So do some practice, but don't be word perfect, but just you know, just know enough so you know you're going you're gonna to get through it okay and you're going to be ready for it. And think about those couple of questions that you're going to have. And finally, you know, try and avoid any last-minute changes. <laughs> I was working with one company and uh, they said they would get a pitch together. You know, they hadn't got long. You know, it was one of those industries where they suddenly get a pitch and they've got to truck off somewhere in a week and do it. And then on the way to the on the way to the pitch, they'd start changing it. Oh, my goodness me. You know how you know that that just puts pressure on it. So if you've left something out, you've left it out. You know, it's, it's almost too late. Then you've just got to go with your instinct, because half the time the impression you create during the pitch will give you know will 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 help create that perception that you're the people to work with So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that's been useful. Um, This is the end of this particular podcast. If you are new to the show, then do hit the subscribe button. It would be great if you like the show and you go to iTunes and you leave a review. That would be absolutely fantastic. And if if you've got a sales pitch coming up and you you want some thoughts and ideas or a fresh pair of eyes to run over it, then, you know, do get in touch. Um, 
My email is trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, which would be terrific. Or you can just, you know, keep uh, keep working with me in other formats as well uh, through my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. Find me there as well. So that's it for this uh, particular episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's uh, another episode of Attracting and Retaining Customers. I'm your host, Trevor Lee, and I'll be back with another episode very soon. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>